0: Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime podcast. We are on episode 261 and it is a special Thursday edition of our podcast. It is November 18th, 2021. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? Yes, indeed. Uh, we are here uh, this week on Thursday because we had some technical difficulties. Yeah, uh, we did. You know, my my laptop uh, caught one blue screen of death too many, and I had to reinstall Windows 10 on my hard on my computer, which effectively wiped my hard drive. But I, since I back up everything on on external drives, I didn't lose anything. So you know, it's pretty seamless. Uh, you know, we're. Our system is back stronger than ever. Um, You know, it's been a while since we've had a two-man, just a two-man show. It has. Yeah. But uh, but we're back here. Um, This week, uh, we're going to be talking about Marvel's Eternals. Yeah, we are. Yep, which uh, opened last week. Uh, That's the uh, latest film in the MCU, directed by Chloe Zhao, uh, Academy Award-winning director. Um, We'll also talk about some other stuff we've been up to, and we do have an announcement uh would you that you would uh would you care to share with the I I'm trying to
1: go as fast as I can but you know what yeah. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen the Codex Prime podcast now has a new sponsor yes and we would like to give a huge shout out to Silk City Hot Sauce mm-hmm. yes we met the uh, we met these gentlemen uh we met the gentleman Jeff Levine at Rhode Island Comic Con, and it was just straight, instant, high energy and connection right then and there. And he wanted to work with us. We wanted to work with him. So now we working. So, yes, go to com. Use the promo code CODEX and get 15% off.
0: That's right.
1: It still seems busy. It's like something. busy <laughs> He don't say free shipping in the USA.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say free shipping in the USA, like we had when we had Studio as our sponsor. But uh, yeah, but but um, I don't think it's I don't think it's free shipping. But you do get fifteen percent off your order, and there's so many great hot sauces.
1: Man, listen, a twenty-minute conversation Hmm. every time we even bring it up.
0: Yes, um, and there's so many different flavors. You got Erotic Fever. You got the Silk City Hot Sauce brand, which is like a syrupy.
1: It's a, it's a maple. It's a spicy maple syrup. The Mango Habanero was one of them. Mm-hmm. They have a Buffalo's, like they have a uh, Buffalo style sauce. Like yes, and they got some new stuff coming up.
0: Yeah, you
1: can't quite mention it, mm-hmm. but they have some really good stuff coming. So please. Go to Silk City hot sauce order whatever you like the great stock and stuff is I actually I brought them to work mm-hmm. and just had and I bought a pack of plastic spoons and I'm just like handing out samples mm. so I brought out the erotic fever yep pretty well positively re- well received
2: mm-hmm.
1: brought this one yep overwhelmingly received. Well-received, so it's mm-hmm. if those were well-received, trust us, you would like them. We ate them, or we had all their flavors back to back to back and enjoyed every single one of them.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, man, if you're a hot sauce connoisseur, yeah, Silk City Hot Sauce is, is it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we and speaking of hotness, um, yeah, you know, if the weather is still warm. You know, around around these parts. Just to, just to, just for today, I think. Yeah, it's been it's been more for the past couple of days, but you know, with that new that inconsistent New England weather, like in the mornings, like in the mornings or mid afternoons, it gets pretty it was pretty warm, and then when it gets to the evening, that's when it starts to get chilly again. It's
1: still pretty nice out right now.
0: Yeah, still balmy. Like like it's like a summertime, but so it's like the weather's still trying to figure it out what it wants to do. You know hashtag climate change <laughs> but but yeah but yeah man um carl well what's uh what's life like in your world these days
1: well damn <laughs> all right <laughs> well um i'm gonna start off with i've been you know my usual comic reading so break up and break open the box okay So I'm gonna start off with somebody who we did meet at Comic Con and I and we had a very interesting conversation and he will be on the show very 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 soon. Like we're about to start working, you know, working on getting all these guests and getting all these um, podcasts that we met at Comic Con on the show. So um, yeah, we gotta we gotta ride that momentum wave. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna start off with Heat. Uh, Written by Javon Stokes by uh, uh, Visually Stoked Media. Yep. And I actually rather enjoyed it. I think this is actually pretty much a Victor ass comic. Okay. So obviously, uh, like I said, it was written in um, written in. Um, the art was by uh, Javon Stokes, and the story is about Cameron Clark, A.K.A. Heat, which is the name of the, sh- the name of the comic. He has finally found his footing as a son, a friend, a hero, and protector of Trinity City. Tragedy strikes and shakes the foundations of his belief. Now Cameron must must, again, redefine what the word hero means and who he should be standing for. Yeah. So there's a lot of conflict that takes place within this, within him, within society. And it touches, it, it gets very political, mm-hmm. just like how Victor likes it. And mm-hmm. you know what? This is something I do want to follow like I can't wait to get him on the show just to d- get m- get a much more deeper dive into the story into the characters that he came up with because yeah. it has everything that you need it has a little bit you know has some wokeness in there you know action just like a trad- you know just like a typical superhero comic and I think you guys I think anybody would love this so big ups to uh Javon Stokes can't wait to have him on the show right on. All right. The next one is by Boom Studios, which has been popping lately.
0: Yeah, they have. With
1: a lot of their titles. So I'm gonna this one is gonna be called Regarding the Matter of Oswald's Body. Ooh. It's a big it's a historical fiction title written by uh, Christopher Cantwell and Luca, forgive me. Casalinguita. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't butcher that. But it's an, well. What is about? It's an unlikely group of quote unquote useful idiots mm-hmm. are brought together to find out if the body of Lee Har- Lee Harvey Oswald, who assassinated John F. Kennedy back in 1963, um, if his grave is actually actually is Oswald himself oh okay so it's just random people that just from all different walks of life are being together being brought together by uh an unidentified figure Mm -hmm. to figure out this conspiracy because there are you know tons of conspiracy uh, conspiracy theories uh, regarding the John F. Kennedy assassination Mm -hmm. and this kind of just adds on to it and it's kind of Makes you it kind of make me like want to see if like Lee Harvey Oswald had kids or anything. So like, if somebody was to rob his grave, which I doubt anybody would ever do,
2: hmm.
1: modern DNA testing can actually see if it is his, him in his grave and whatever. But he did die like well a couple of days, like a day or two after Kennedy.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: So, I mean, who knows? I'm not necessarily, eh, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but there's some that I'd rather just stay away from. All right. The next title is called What's the Furthest Place from Here, which is uh, published by Image. This is one of the uh, variant copies, uh, variant covers that came out. And it was written, was created by Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg. I didn't get really too much detail on who did what. But it's a story of a post-apocalyptic survival where gangs of children are living amongst the ruins. So it's just the world is just run by kids. Okay. Maybe like teenagers and all that. And one of the characters, Sid, actually believes that there's more out there in the wilderness. And her gang won't stop at nothing to bring her home. So she basically ran away. Not to mention she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And she, she just ran away to find out like there's more out there. There's something going out there. I'm going to find it while you're while she's going into different territories. And it gets pretty violent for something with just
0: with just kids running the world. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of Lord of the Flies.
1: Never seen it, but possibly
0: mm-hmm. yeah, pros- a
1: little a- Walking Dead ish, but no mm-hmm. zombies so far. Yeah. OK, so I'm like, you know, what? I'll check this out, see how it goes. You know, read up to at least like the first uh the first to, uh, first story. Yeah. And next up. Oh. I mean, damn, that's it for comics. Damn it. <laughs> r came back this past weekend. Oh, did it? Oh, my God. An Evening with Silk Sonic. Mm. If you are over 30, you need to be listening to this album. Over and over and over again, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Oh, they put, they put it down. Okay, that's a good combination of artists. Man, listen, hosted by Bootsy Collins, baby. Oh, okay, okay. Man, listen, flawless. My only complaint is that it's short—only nine tracks. Okay, flawless. I can listen to it straight. Over probably my least favorite song is seven seven seven, and I can I can still vibe to it.
0: Okay. And what's this album called again?
1: An evening with Silk Sonic. Okay. So you got you know obviously leave the door open, smoking out the window. Mm-hmm. The song my my most favorite is put on a smile. Mm-hmm. That one hit me in the feels. And then the and blast off, yo! I'm telling you r&b came back i don't it'd probably be the only r&b album like it Mm -hmm. but damn it you'll love the shit out of this album okay like i'm literally sitting there listening to this i'm like yo like i was playing there was my barber was playing it, and he's like yo you need to listen to this
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so he started playing it yeah leave the door open was playing amongst men and we're sitting there like, yo, this used to be this is one of them songs where I'm like, yo, you can like talk to a lady too and all that. And I'm like, yeah, you can't really do that these days no more.
2: <laughs>
1: and then I'm just sitting there driving, listen, I'm like, "Was the last time anybody slow danced?
0: I'm pretty sure.
1: Is but I can't even remember. <laughs> but damn it.
0: This album will do it.
1: Oh, after last night, definitely. Mm. Like Damn it! Listen to it. Okay. Please. You will be grinning from the from beginning to end. Mm. I guarantee it. More guarantees than Denzel in a movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like both artists. So to have them to hear that they have a collaboration album together, mm, that's something to see. And it's on Spotify.
1: Spotify, Apple, it's everywhere.
0: Okay. How long is the album? It said nine tracks, but how long is that in total? Oh,
1: it's probably like a half hour.
0: Half hour? Okay.
1: Very, very digestible.
0: Hmm. Okay. I can listen to that on my commute.
1: You, you can. Yeah. You can. And you will listen to it
0: on your way back. I'm sure. <laughs> I am positive
1: that you break down and buy a copy of Blank Man yet. It's on Tubi, apparently. So.
0: Did I break down and buy a copy of Blank Man, John? No. <laughs> I never will buy that movie.
1: Hey, it's on Tubi, so you can watch it for free.
0: I don't have Tubi. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna download Tubi.
1: <laughs> we'll tie him down, make him watch it. Nah, get him one of those devices that keep his eyes open.
0: Nah, I'm good. I've 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 already said my piece about blank man. I'm not gonna relitigate it on this podcast. <laughs> we'll get him to do it.
1: No. It'll cause another Victor rant and. The Providence Pirates won against the Bennington Martins on uh, this past Sunday. 141 to 74. Wow. Yeah, I'm sitting there watching. It, this was so funny. Like, so I'm DJing the game. The game started. I'm like, all right, cool. What's the next song? Okay, what song am I going to play? <laughs> mm, so I'm scrolling, you know, phones going off, kind of looking. The Cowboys game was, uh, was, had like, was it on at that time? No, it had just ended. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, kept keeping up with what was going on in fantasy and all that. Losing track of time, I look up the score. Like when I first looked down, the score was two to two, mm-hmm. begin very beginning of the game, and then I look up, and then it's twenty five to two. <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, damn, mm. they never caught the lead not once. Like it just, I, I was like, yo, is Bennington even trying? Mm. Wow. They were nice guys. They enjoyed the music I was playing, but damn. (laughs) I just want to be like, damn, y'all got your asses beat. So, yeah. So, yeah, Providence Pirates uh, still remain undefeated, moved up to the number eight seed. And uh, the next game will be this Saturday at John Hope Settlement Center for all our local listeners. So, uh, at 7 o'clock, tickets are only $15. You don't want to miss it.
2: Hmm.
0: okay awesome yeah and of course
1: uh, how about them Cowboys beating Atlanta 43 to 3 let me be happy wow let me be happy
0: that's a major accomplishment for the Cowboys
1: What's that? we doing good we doing good this year we're 7 and 2
0: wow we're doing really, we're doing very good that's that's phenomenal for the Cowboys it's just
1: phenomenal period you know don't rain on my parade don't <laughs> rain on my parade let me be happy yeah, you, can. you can be happy. You How can. about them Cowboys? You can be
0: happy, you know, until they inevitably lose. How about end.
1: them Cowboys, Skip? For now. How about them Cowboys?
0: And then, you know, when the season ends, we'll be back here next year talking about oh, it's our year again after another loss. No. You know. Nope. It's fine.
1: So yeah, damn it, I will say it till the day I die.
0: Wow, you know, you know, you know, what would be a hilarious thing to see? A championship game of what's that? The Supreme Ball. What, what's it called? You know what it's called—the
1: Super Bowl. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, that. Oh, um, you're
1: gonna watch. Oh, I guarantee you you're gonna watch the hell out of the Super Bowl. I'm not. Do you know who's doing the halftime? Who? Dr. Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige. That's a dope lineup.
0: You think? I'm. Not, I'm still not gonna watch it.
1: <laughs> I'm watching that. Shit. I'm watching the hell out of that shit. Mm. Yeah, but. Watching uh, the Up and Spoke Tour Part Two. Minus the titties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I was gonna say, like a, a hilarious thing to see would be a, a Super Bowl championship game between the Cowboys and the Bills. Two two scrubs going at it for the trophy. That's 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 unheard of. <laughs> First off, it happened. Oh, it did. Yeah, twice. Wait, and co- Cowboys and the Bills facing each other at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Cowboys won because the Bills never won. The championship, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they went
1: to it. There, they went two in a row.
0: Oh, oh. So the so the Bills Both, lost twice.
1: <laughs> the Bills went. To, the Bills are the only team who have gone to four. Well, I think New England stopped that, but back then, hmm. the Bills went to four consecutive Super Bowls. Wow! And lost all of them. Wow! To the Giants, the Redskins, and then the Cowboys twice. <laughs>
0: Uh, the pride of Buffalo. Ain't that right, Pop Stew? Shout outs to y'all.
1: Well only one of 'em's uh only one of 'em's a Bills fan.
0: Oh, all right. The other one's uh Green Bay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuart's
1: Stuart's a, a Packers fan.
2: Hmm.
0: Indeed. Wow. Well well, you know, I guess I guess Cowboys fans have to have something to celebrate this season. Even yeah, though it's you gonna just, be now you're
1: just trolling. you're just
0: trolling. Even though you it's, enjoy gonna, it. it's gonna be short lived. I'm i I'm just I'm just I'm just you know It happens every year, Carl. I just
1: want you to be prepared. I think, you know what? If it happens, if we win this. (laughs) you won't. (laughs) If we win this, oh, I
0: cannot wait for you to eat your words. Okay, fine. It's not going to happen. You can make any outlandish bet you want. (laughs) The Cowboys will never make it to the Super Bowl, and they they never will win. We will. Yeah. It's like kicking a man while he's down. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that, John.
1: I am guilty of laughing at all, at the videos you share after the Cowboys play. Yeah, I. That, a comedian named Country Wayne, who's a hardcore Cowboys fan, so he, no matter what, he just says whether win or lose, he says what we're all thinking, and I just post them. Hmm.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's 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 cool. every Sunday,
1: every every game. Let him know, Country Wayne.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let let him know. Uh... Let them know how uh, embarrassed you're going to feel when the Cowboys lose again. We shall see. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, things I've been up to. Don't read uh, that comment. Don't read that comment. Eat his words. Have him eat Chick-fil-A, sir.
1: That's good. That's a good one.
0: That's a good one. Let it be known that Victor Omoyo will never sully. His lips, his taste buds, with the homophobic stink of Chick Fil A. Did you know that if by by purchasing a Chick Fil A meal, you yes, are me in, against, you, are, con-
1: you <laughs> are you are you
0: are directly funding a homophobic, you know, gay fight club, which takes place in like conversion therapy camps where gay youths are captured and forced to fight each other. That's what you're funding, fight and, club.
1: You're not supposed to talk about Fight Club.
0: Listen, listen, man. Right? (laughs) Yeah, those are the first two rules. But it's a different type (laughs) of Fight Club. So, so yeah, Um, so yeah. If you if you want to uh, fund anti-LGBTQ causes, yeah, then go ahead and buy that overrated chicken sandwich and those waffle fries. I'm sure. I mean, all you have to. I mean, if if you're so desperate for Chick Fil A, why don't you just look up the recipes online and make it yourself? There you go with hooks, rubs, and spices. With hooks, rubs, and spices, and Silk City hot sauce. Well, there you go. See, <laughs> see, that's an idea. That's an idea. Uh, but your com- but John also comments. Uh, but your confidence that Dallas will fail, you have nothing to lose, Vic. I hope you eat those words. <laughs> it's,
2: it's yeah, right.
1: I but, hope y'all uh, eat out those words. And damn it,
0: uh, you know. Oh, oh, Dallas, you're always a punching bag. Fun fact, Dallas was also host of one of the worst WrestleMania 32 of the last decade. There's
1: only been one th- WrestleMania 32. I misspoke. WrestleMania 32.
0: <laughs> WrestleMania 32 was the worst WrestleMania of the last decade. Yeah. Hosted in the uh, AT&T uh, Dallas Sportatorium. Is that what the arena's called?
1: AT&T Stadium. Right. Yeah. Dallas Sportatorium is something different. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where the where the uh, where, where the Von Erichs used to wrestle. Next oh, right. time I go there, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to like those grounds. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing there; it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. But I really do just want to go down there just to like stand on that ground because like great, you know, wrestling greatness was on those. Yeah, you know, was on those grounds. Like all the history that's been there. Mm-hmm. Like this is gonna be another bucket list of mine. But I would like to. Well. I wouldn't say it is a bucket list, but this is something I would would like to do. Like, I would like to visit like a lot of like the famous uh, wrestling arenas. I mm. um, you know Jack w- Jack Ritchie's was uh, one in North Attleboro, mm. where like a lot of WWE shows um, have taken place, like during like the sixties and the seventies. But it burned down to the ground, and now wow. that's where the um, if you go by North Attleboro, where the Carmax is now. Yeah. That's where it's at that's where it used to be. Oh, or the yeah. Warwick Musical Theater, mm-hmm. which is, you know, torn down as well, which is where like
0: Lowe's is at. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, some hot from some former hollowed grounds there for wrestling. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like I would love to like visit the well, it's the United Center now, but what it was once the Rosemont Horizon, which is actually Stone Cold's favorite hmm. arena. Um Damn. Yeah, like so many.
2: Hmm.
0: Indeed, yeah, man. But what you been up to? Uh, what I've been up to is I've been uh, catching up on a uh, couple of movies. Um, I watched a well, one one I haven't had a chance to review in a while uh, since since I watched it. But another one I watched this week. Um, it's a it's a very good movie, and um, it's one of one of my favorites this year. It's called Spencer, and it stars Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. Ooh. And uh this this film Spencer it was directed by Pablo Lorraine who also directed another biopic in 2016 called Jackie starring uh, N- Natalie Portman as you know Jacqueline uh, Kennedy Onassis. Uh this film a uh, Spencer it's it's very very good. It's a uh, it's like a biological it's a biopic starring uh, Kristen Stewart and it's like a fictionalized account of of her time in um uh spending time in this uh at the Sandringham Estate, San, at the Sandringham Estate in, uh, in Norfolk, England, and and it takes place a, across three days: Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Day, and, and then Boxing Day. And this is a fictionalized account where uh, where Princess Diana decides to leave her husband, uh, um, Prince Charles, who you know famously had an affair with uh, Camilla Parker Bowles. And so the whole film it, it focuses on uh, Kristen Stewart's uh, uh, character and how how Princess Diana feels very trapped, very clo- cloistered. Like she's basically like a, a free spirit who's trapped in this very stodgy. Um, this stodgy uh this residence that the estate and which you know for her is just symbolizes all sorts of like oppression where she feels constrained um she feels like she has to sacrifice parts of her identity and uh, pretty much her, her, her whole her whole self in order to you know get along with the royal family who seems to barely tolerate her presence and and kristen stewart's performance was nothing short of extraordinary like she was phenomenal in this like at no at no point did i did i feel like oh this is kristen stewart playing princess Diana. no like i felt like you were watching the actual person um you know go through this you know her this 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 journey of you know trying to um trying to find liberation in a very cloistered world and and the, and also like the and also like the 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 cinematography of the film also lends some additional strength to it, where it, the the whole film is kind of filmed in like this this haze, it's like this kind of like this golden yellowish haze, which kind of like you know, um, it's kind of like kind of adds like the nostalgia uh, of that time, um, being that it takes place in the early nineties. Um, also, the score. The score by Johnny Greenwood, um, who also scored other films like Phantom Thread and There Will Be Blood, like the score was, was also extraordinary too. It definitely brings you into like that mind space of Princess Diana at the time where the score kind of feels like, feels like it would be better suited for like a psychological thriller. And it's kind of like, like, like hints of like, hints of like jazz and like, like violins. And um, it kind of, it kind of like, kind of you in that headspace where you feel like you're on edge as much as diana is um also the 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 supporting cast is tremendous too like you have timothy spall uh jack farthing sean harris and, and sally sally hawkins as well um yeah, it's it's a it's a terrific film, especially if if you're a fan of great acting and specifically Kristen Stewart's performance, which I believe that she's going to be a front runner uh, for uh, for best actress in any any of the major uh, ac- uh, uh, film awards uh, this season, this upcoming season. So yeah, uh, Spencer, uh, it's it's a great film. It's uh, distributed by Neon. Uh, Neon ha- Neon has been really putting in some tremendous work uh like for example parasite which won an oscar in 2019 um this it's a it's a great film i recommend it uh, definitely check it out it's playing in theaters now and kristen stewart like i said extraordinary performance um another film that i saw uh a month ago which i didn't have a chance to review was the latest uh james bond film no time to die
2: oh shoot yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, and no t- no time to die. It is uh, the fifth and final uh, Daniel Craig James Bond film. It is also the twenty fifth film in the in the long running 007 franchise. Um, this film is directed by Carrie Joji Fukunaga, who directed the first season of True Detective uh, and Beasts of No Nation on Netflix with uh, Idris Elba and uh, Sin Nombre back in two thousand nine. Uh, this film, uh, No Time to Die, it is it is it is absolutely excellent. Um, this film is it stars uh, Daniel Craig, uh, Rami Malek as the main villain, uh, Leia Sado, uh, Lashana Lynch, Ben Whishaw, Naomi Harris, Jeffrey Wright, Christoph Waltz, and Ray Fiennes. Uh, this film, um, it start it um, takes place about five years after the events of Spectre, and um and uh, the film begins where, um. Be- begins uh, where uh, Bond and Madeleine Swann, uh, his love interest from Spectre, they're together. They're traveling the world, and uh, something happens when they're in Italy, where Bond visits uh, the grave of his first love, Vesper Lind, from Casino Royale. And uh, when some and some things go, things happen where Bond feels betrayed. He thinks that uh, that that uh, Madeleine Swann is in on it, and he leaves her. And so, and so, the film uh, takes place where Bond is officially retired. He's just living his life, and he starts to. He's actually brought into. He's he's brought back for one more mission when, uh, when um his old CIA colleague Felix Leiter, pay, played by Jeffrey Wright, introduces him and says, "Hey, we need you on this mission. Uh, we, just just you know, we're bringing the band back together one more again." So, Bond. <laughs> so bond uh so bond dust dusts off his tuxedo and he and he gets back in, into the hunt um so yeah like uh this this film is is de- is definitely better than specter i know specter you know in my, when i reviewed it on the podcast uh, uh, like five years ago like I, I was a little disappointed because the film that film felt like it was a, a bit too long and it had like a unnecessary twist uh, at the end but this film um uh, no time to die i would say it's my third favorite of uh, uh daniel craig bond film right behind skyfall and casino royale um it's got it's got well well choreographed action and it's beautifully shot by a uh, linus sandgren uh, who's a film cinematographer he also shot la la, la, la land um yeah like uh there were there are some uh some really interesting uh action set pieces like there's this one scene one action scene that takes place in in these in these in this foggy, this foggy forest, um, that one was really cool. Um, I also liked uh, Lashana Lynch's character, Nomi, who's actually the new 007. Uh, she takes the big one. Bond retired. She took his 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 uh, number, and you know, like she and her character was pretty interesting too. Where you know where she's where she holds her own. She's like Bond's counterpart. Um, there's also a, a one scene where Anna de. Ana de Armas, uh, who was also in Knives Out. Uh, she plays, uh, another, uh, a fellow, uh, fellow agent who helps bond out, um, in, in one, in one particular, one really cool intense action scene. Uh, yeah. Like I would say like with, uh, with Lashana Lynch's character in particular, like I wouldn't, I would like to see a, a spinoff film with her character. Cause there's some potential there. Like her character is pretty interesting. Um, also, uh, the, the whole film it it definitely feels like a a definitive like final chapter in in the craig in the craig series right. um yeah and and i and and i really liked that that it it there's some callbacks to like previous bond films but like but this film also also uh really brought the heat in terms of action in terms of like some character development with bond and and his relationship with madeline swan Um, Rami Malek as as the main villain I thought I thought it was pretty cool Um, and I know that there was some I know he kind of he kind of plays it uh, like kind of like not not over the over the top but like like his his character his character could have been in in it a bit more but his presence is felt throughout the film Um, he has an interesting character interesting Bond villain name uh, Lucifer Safin which sounds like which sounds a lot like Lucifer Satan yeah (laughs) um which i i thought i thought his i thought his character was interesting especially his, his introduction in the beginning of the film where the intro scene kind of feels like uh something that's out of like a like a home invasion horror thriller uh, which which introduces his character um and it was also interesting seeing um um christoph uh, vaults back back again as blofeld he has a very he has a pivotal scene in, the, in this film as well um I'll also say that the score by Hans Zimmer, a great composer, uh, it, it definitely um, definitely lives up to the Bond, um, to uh, also the to the great Bond scores of past films. Also, you have the uh, opening um, Bond theme "No Time to Die" sung by Billie Eilish, which is also very good. Uh, my favorite my favorite Bond film amongst all the Craig films is Skyfall by Adele.
1: I love that song.
0: Yeah, that's that's such a good it's such a perfect Bond theme. It, it is. It, yeah, that and because that and Chris Cor- and the late Chris Cornell's, you know my name from Casino Royale. Right. That was really good too. Um, but yeah, man, if you're a fan of uh, 007, um, No Time to Die, it's it's definitely one for the books. It is the 25th film in, and the final film in the in a Daniel Craig franchise. Um, I'll say after this, um, I would love to see them. Hi- I would I would love to see who the new James Bond is going to be. Like, there's some interesting choices. Like. I know a lot of people myself included wanted to see like Idris Elba.
1: Yeah, but he was too
0: street. Oh yeah, when when I, guess, I think somebody like not not the producers but like maybe the, either the producers or somebody not I don't, actually no, I don't think the producers like some film critics said that he was too street. Yeah. Which is which is like uh racist, Hello. Yeah. Um but um,
1: he had that slick comeback though.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Idris Elba would be a great Bond even though even though he's a little little too old uh to take up the role. He would be the oldest James oldest Bond actor cuz he's like 48 right now. Is he really that? Oh yeah. Like yeah, he's 48, so if Idris Elba was cast as Bond, he would be the oldest actor to play Bond for the first time. Um I would say like if not Idris Elba, like he could he could do like at least like two or three films. I think you can get some good mileage from from his from his Bond. Um, I would like to see an interesting, an interesting pick. Well, what, what, well, an interesting pick that I would have liked to see would have been Chiwetel Ejiofor as James Bond. I thought he would.
1: That's uh, not a bad. That's not a bad. That's not a bad choice.
0: Yeah, he would have nailed it. I, but I think that uh, Ejiofor is maybe also around the same age as Alba, so he might be a bit, a bit too old to play the role. Um, an interesting choice, though, if you wanted to go with a black Bond, would be Daniel Kaluuya. I could see it. Like Daniel Kaluuya as 007 would be a very interesting and unique choice because he because he is British, and and he's and he's a damn good actor. He won an Oscar. Yeah, he kind of killed
1: it. I mean, maybe Lakeith Stanfield.
0: Mm, but Lakeith. Well, Lakeith Stanfield's he's American. But that would be such an unconventional choice for Bond that I almost want to see it.
1: <laughs> it, it I, yeah. Just like why not? <clears throat> yeah. Why not?
0: And uh, Chewy toes uh, 44.
1: Oh, 44? Oh, okay. Yes. So still... Okay, he can still...
0: Okay, so he can still go.
1: RDJ was playing Iron Man at 50.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, well, when he first started, he was in his early 40s, I think. Yeah. So, okay. Um, War
1: Machine's 56 years old.
0: Damn! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hart and Don Cheeto. The way Don Cheeto looked like Kevin Hart was... Like, he wanted to smack the shit out of him. I was so looking bad. at
1: that clip the other day. <laughs>
0: Actually, like earlier today. <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm trying to think of who. I'm trying to think of who else could could be a good bond. Oh, you know who would be a really good bond if they decided to cast another like white actor? Tom Hardy.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't oppose to that. Yeah. No, not at all. Tom Hardy could nail it. Yeah, he is British as well.
0: Yeah. And 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 kind of like Daniel Craig, he can bring that that rough edge to the character too. Yeah,
1: yeah, he can definitely be a good one.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Uh, gosh, I was thinking of some other British act. Some other strong. British Andrew act. Lincoln. Hmm. Andrew Lincoln as Bond.
1: Hmm. don't... Cause you still see him as Rick Grimes, don't you? Don't you?
0: Yeah. Cause I'm like I'm trying to picture him trying to say Carl as <laughs> 007. You say it in his regular British accent. <laughs> oh man. Um but yeah. Uh I was gonna say Charlie Hunnam, but nah. Nah, I haven't seen I haven't seen him in anything lately. Hmm. That's true. Like I know he did that What was it, Crimson. T- Crimson Peak. Thank you. Yeah, he was in there. With Tom Hiddleston. Oh, Tom Hiddleston would be a good James Bond too. I can
1: see that one.
0: Yeah. And for those who are still who are still picturing trying to picture Tom Hiddleston as Bond, like try to watch I haven't seen it, but I've seen uh clips, but and I've always wanted to see this. Uh there's this a uh, miniseries, TV miniseries called The Night Porter, mm-hmm. starring Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie. I think that'll give you like a good uh good picture of how he could be a 007. Uh, a potential 007 Or just
1: see him in the suit with Loki, you know, and whatever. When Loki wears his suits, mm-hmm. just cut his hair. Just picture him with his short hair, and I'm like, you know what? I could see
2: that.
0: Yeah, yeah, could could do that. Um, let me see. Chris Hemsworth? Nah, I, I can't because he's he's Australian. I mean, no, he he could play He he could play the role. Um, because I think. George Lazenby, he was he's Australian, oh. yeah. He played Bond. Um, yeah, I mean Chris Hemsworth, mm, I think he's he's too, too young, not too young, but he's too he has too much of that bro vibe from that we see from Thor. That's because you're so used to seeing that
1: we haven't really seen seen his range, yeah, too much because we know him as Thor. Like he's pretty much typecasted as Thor. Yeah, so. Like I said, we he has done other movies, but it's like, yeah, we're so used to seeing him Thor, like it's hard to picture him as anything else. That's true. Yeah. I mean, sure, we're about to see him as Hulk Hogan. Excuse me, Terry. Oh, Terry yeah <laughs>
0: Terry. I just I want to I want to I wanna see the scene where you know he drops a bunch of M bombs. <laughs> uh, if they're gonna cover that. In oh, the film.
1: they're not gonna go. <laughs> oh, they're not gonna do that. <laughs> it's not happening. I knew it. Well, let me tell you something.
0: Anyway, but but uh but yeah yeah the possibilities are endless you know oh, absolutely yeah so yeah so, yeah let us know in the comments who would you like to see as the next uh, 007? uh yeah there's there's plenty pl- tons of potential Robert Pattinson ooh you know what Robert Pattinson would be a would f- he would be an amazing James Bond because he's a great actor he's, young. he's
1: just he he looks like he's twelve.
0: Nah, you you you're used to seeing him in Twilight. If you see it, I you,
1: see, I have, and I'm just like you. Still, he still looks young to me.
0: No, because he's a young man. But like, see us watch watch other movies of his, like the Lighthouse, Good Time.
1: Lighthouse was the one with, uh, what? Well, how you would <laughs> smash a mermaid?
0: Oh yeah, with Willem Dafoe. Dafoe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Willem like,
1: Dafoe's too old. He's not British.
0: Nah, he he make a good Bond villain though.
1: That oh, was- absolutely! <laughs> I want to see. I don't even want I never want
0: to see Willem Dafoe as a good guy. Yeah. He plays a lot of villains throughout his career. He he can play crazy. He can. He absolutely can. Um who else? You know, Christian Bale would have been a good James Bond too. All right, yeah. Yeah. But I think I think like originally like producers of the Bond franchise wanted him or they were considering him but he chose to do Batman, which was still a great choice.
1: Yeah, not knocking it. Yeah. If you're gonna go Rob Pat, Robert Pattinson, maybe Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: Oh no, not as not as Double O Seven.
1: You still see him? Do you still see him as that little kid from Third Rock in the Sun with the hair?
0: Oh no, like I've seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a lot of movies, yeah. but you know he's American, and I don't know if he can pull off a British accent. <laughs> but but yeah, man, yeah yeah. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments.
1: I will say this, you know. Now we're you know you not mention American with British accents. How is it that is like Americans when they portray a British accent, mm. it's not entirely too convincing. But English a- actors can freaking kill the hell out of an American accent.
0: Mm. I think it's because maybe it seems it seems that way because like as Americans we're used to hearing an American accent. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, um, but like there's plenty of actors who can kill who can have a pitch perfect British accent, like case of like kristen stewart and spencer okay yeah um but yeah i, I think it's because like we're used to hearing american uh voices but but yeah man uh yeah speaking of movies uh what should we get into eternals sure all right so <laughs> let me let me pull up the old uh let me pull up the old Wikipedia yeah. here, yeah. so we can have the synopsis uh, with As us. As
1: am I. So, um... all right.
0: So, uh, yeah, Eternals. That is uh, the Marvel's uh, Marvel Studios' 26th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, this one has an all has an all star ensemble cast, uh, starring uh, Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Kumei, Kumail Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Baron Barry K- Baron Kagan, uh, Don Lee, Harish Patel, Kit Harrington I Don't Want It, mm-hmm. Selma Hayek, and Angelina Jolie. And this was directed by Chloe Zhao, who earlier this year won two Academy Awards for her film *Nomadland*. Um, I that one I remember. Yep, *Nomadland*. Yep, which I reviewed, which is an excellent film. Uh, this film uh, was also based on Eternals, uh, created by the late great uh, comics legend Jack Kirby. Yes. Um, Nineteen seventy-six. Yep. And uh, yeah, this 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 film is also uh, one of the longest uh, MCU films, clocking in at one hundred and fifty-seven minutes. Um, it uh, has a budget of two hundred million, and but and also made three hundred million, so it did make did recoup its money. Um, yeah, this film was originally scheduled to be released last November, November twenty twenty, but was delayed because of the pandemic, and it was released as of last week. So uh, we'll get into our our non spoiler thoughts before we dive into sp- and p- before we dive whole hog into spoilers. So before we do that, let's do, let's do some non spoilerish impressions of the film. So uh, Carl, what do you think of Eternals? Y'all know me. I repped the red brand to the fullest. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll admit I was entertained. Yeah. I liked it. I did enjoy watching it, but I will not put it in the top tier of Marvel films. Honestly, I would probably put it on the level of Captain Marvel.
0: Mm. Okay. Um.
1: I kind of I understand what Marvel was trying to do. Where it's like, okay, they took Guardians of the Galaxy, a very well lesser known team, and try to make something you know, try to get another hit with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think this will be a major hit. I don't think it will be the last that we see of these characters. The Eternals yep. should return. You know, they will return. Mm-hmm. Um, I am interested to see, you know, see how they are moving forward. Cause you could not do another guy. You couldn't do like a guardians s movie with this, with these characters. Right. These are much more serious. They are much more serious characters. Mm-hmm. from like the few comics that I have read, uh Neil Gaiman's Eternals is very good by the way. Okay. Um but yeah, I I liked it, but I wouldn't put it in the top tier mm. of Marvel movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I'm with you there, Carl. Um Eternals I thought was an interesting experiment, um but I, I feel like the film was shortchanged by the fact that it is a film. I think that this film could have, Eternals could have benefited more as a ten-part miniseries on Disney Plus. So like all the characters could have their own individual episodes.
1: Correct. Yeah, that would have been a much better direction. Same, you know, same production. I did like this. I did like the cinematography. Yeah. It, it was very, It was very good. Like I. I was into like I very much well was into the story, but it was a bit dragged on a little too long, mm-hmm. especially with some backstories. Because like I think what Marvel should have done was mm-hmm. introduce introduced him somehow before it. Yeah, because we kind of went into this movie not knowing anything. Right. You know there could have been like some type of uh, interaction, but but they really isn't any because of you know their story they had to remain in hiding Mm -hmm. Um, you know which I which I get and there is a lot of depth to these characters
2: Mm. like
1: there really really is like huge ties especially in the comics to Thanos and um, yeah damn where the hell were y'all but you know (laughs) they kind of pulled a Martian Manhunter except they didn't show up (laughs) right yeah (laughs) but it's like yeah you can kind of understand that um so but yeah um enjoyable but not but not top tier
0: right yeah i would put this like somewhere near near the bottom the bottom half of the uh mcu catalog um and 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 yeah i think it's like partially because like the the nature of the eternals characters and their their purpose which which uh which after everything that's happened and what we've seen in the MCU is kind of like, oh, well, we'll 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 dive into spoilers, so so you'll see what we mean. Um, I do like I do like the cast. I like the I like the diversity of the cast. Oh, and, absolutely, very diverse. Yeah, and I, I like Gemma Chan as, as Cersei. Uh, she 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 did a, a fine job.
1: She's the sorry to interrupt, but she's the second actor to play two different roles in the MCU. Oh, is she? I believe I'm asking you cause I, I know Alfred Woodard was one. Yeah. Oh yes.
0: Yeah. She, she portrayed Minerva and Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Alfred Woodard played two roles well,
2: in
1: Mahershala Ali coming up.
0: Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, he was Cottonmouth. mouth. Now he's blade. Uh, so yeah, I thought Gammick Chan was very good. Um, Richard Madden as Icarus. Um, that's the close this is the closest thing we'll ever see to to see Superman in the MCU. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: That like that's literally like his character. I mean Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I think Richard Madden would be a would be a terrific Superman if D C decided to um reach out to him. Um <laughs> uh Henry wants that Marvel money now. <laughs> uh uh Nanjani as King Go. I thought I, I, I enjoyed his character. Um uh even though he wasn't in it as long as I thought he was gonna be, but more on that. Uh Leah McHugh. I thought her character was, pr- was was very interesting, one of the more interesting eternals. Sprite. Yep, as Sprite. Uh Brian Tyree Henry as F- as fastos. Um Ty- Brian Tyree Henry, great actor, man. He is. Yeah. He
1: is. I was really dig I was really like digging his character. Yeah. As well and how he you know, how he was portrayed.
0: Mm-hmm yep um you have lord ridloff as makari who's actually in real life she's a deaf act actress gorgeous yep um she's uh she also she she basically has the powers of the flash she yeah. runs at super speed um you have barry kagan um as Druig. um he, another very another another eternal the very, very interesting uh motivation
1: doesn't he like look like the flash in the justice league comic i mean in the
0: justice league movie Oh, like like Ezra Miller. Thank you. That was his name. I was drawing. I was drawing a blank. Kind of a little. Yes. I'd say like he looks. He looks more like uh, Ty Sheridan. Like if you looked up Barry Kagan and Ty Sheridan, like like they they basically look like each other.
1: I think all three of them should be in a movie just as like brothers. They should. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like it would
0: be very convincing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also have a uh, Don Lee as Gilgamesh. Um, let me see uh, uh who's the strongest eternal um he can he can create like energy an- fists out of energy um let's see uh you have oh Har- Harish Patel as Karun who's like Kingo's uh valet I thought it was I thought it was very refreshing to see like an older an older actor you know run, a, run around with these with these heroes I thought that was, that was a nice, nice touch.
1: little comedic edge to it
0: Yeah oh yeah Damn, How many cameras do you got Twelve. <laughs> oh, he was prepared. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um. Then you also have uh, Selma Hayek as Ajak, the the spiritual leader of the Eternals. Fun fact: Her character was originally a dude. Okay. yeah Also, Sprite. Oh, okay. Sprite was a
1: Sprite was a male character.
0: Mm, okay. Then you had Angelina Jolie as Thena, um, who basically, is, basically she has, she has a, a lifetime, thousands of years of memories, which basically like you know make her crazy uh and then you have uh kit harrington um as uh some guy more on him later <laughs> i didn't want it she's my queen you know what you know what oh, here we go fuck game of thrones
1: oh god do we can we move <laughs> on from that please no, you set this up you knew what you was doing <laughs> <did> you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i just had to get that out there but um but yeah, um, like I said, as you can see, like a, it's a it's a strong cast um, and you got a great uh, uh, filmmaker at the helm but again, like this this could have been better served as a miniseries first then you have the film where you can get be, be fully invested in the characters from the beginning right and have something that, and have something that's perhaps shorter. Also, I think too because
1: of the failure of the inhumans, I don't think Marvel really did not want to take that chance.
0: Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because Inhumans was, it was trash. Um, I don't know
1: anybody who has watched more than two episodes.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of speaking of uh, the worst parts of MCU, what's worse, Inhumans or Iron Fist?
1: Inhumans. Mm. I finished both seasons of
0: Iron <laughs> Fist. You're a better man than me. <laughs> I did
1: not do. I I saw those two episodes on IMAX when they came out, yep. and I was done. Yeah. I made an attempt, fell asleep, and then that was it.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, this is such a shame, too.
1: Because they are
0: interesting characters, but
1: it just didn't even. You know, what was crazy? It was funny. Even, J- even Jay Lee, when we went to his panel at Comic Con, yeah. he was like, I don't know anybody else who made past two episodes. Mm. and he worked on eternal intern i mean in excuse
0: me oh that's true yep that's right he did and and plus like i think in, i think in humans too looking back at it i think it came out it came out too early it came out at yeah. the wrong time yeah like if it came out like if it was like a, a new show for disney plus i think people would be
1: more uh, invested
0: yeah they it would have, a, have had, like a better reception yeah and plus like if you're if you're a Broadcasting on a regular TV, there's only so much you can do with this big CG bulldog. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's pricey. Yeah. yeah. But there
1: were well, there was streaming. Yeah, there was streaming at that time too. Just not where it's at now.
0: Hmm. True. Yeah.
1: Damn, that's only what five years ago. Yeah. Damn. Time,
0: <laughs> time flies, man. You think. <laughs> man. But yeah, uh, so yeah, those are our, our non spoiler uh, impressions of Eternals. So we'll dive deep into spoiler filled territory. So y'all have been warned. So uh, we'll count it down from five, faux, tree, two, <laughs> <laughs> one, <laughs> all three of y'all.
1: Stop. Stop. Okay, now I got to give you the backstory. What? So when I was with tree, yeah. So back when I was working at Advanced Auto Parts, mm-hmm. there was um there was this guy who used to hang around the store. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, drunk guy. Can't tell you if he was homeless or not, but he knew how to do bodywork. Okay. So he would hang around the store and go and just go up to like people who would walk out the store. Hey, you see, uh, you got a you you got a little dent there that I can fix. I get you. I do it for three dollar. For <laughs> Tree Dollar mm. So we lo- We Officially dubbed him I don't even remember his name But we just called him The Tree Dollar Guy Okay So just by you saying that It just like I freaking just It just brought <laughs> It just triggers some memories <laughs> And I'm like Oh my god That fucking dude I don't mm. even know If he's still around mm. Yeah He drunk he's, he's like Yeah because You know I like to drink a lot So I want to make my money For the drink So Tree Dollar I can fix it I'm like Dude, if you don't go some way, please. <laughs> mm.
0: Tree dollar. Tree dollar guy. Yeah. Yeah, coming soon to AEW. The answer to WWE's top dollar. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. So, yes. Uh, spoilers all over the shop beginning now. So, uh, so if you're not into spoilers, well, put us on mute so we can, you know, enjoy the views. Thank you. We're yeah. so, good looking guys. Yeah. Yeah, you know, suave, you know you know chick magnets you know that's how we do but anyway <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know what why i was saying all that it but just uh, up. <laughs> it just came <glisten>, yeah. <laughs> it just listen whatever whatever yeah so so yeah, the Eternals. Um, you know, watching the Eternals, uh, and the film takes place over like the course of like five thousand years. Like when it flashes back from then, from when they first arrived on Earth to the present. Um, I, I, I gotta say, like one of I'll say like my an issue, or rather a question that I've always had had watching the film was was their motivation or their nature of the the Eternals, where they're basically on Earth to stop the deviants. And no, and nothing else, yeah. so and and basically like and and it's as it turns out, uh, Richard Madden's character I- I- Icarus or Icarus, Icarus, like he actually is a firm believer in the Celestials' mission. The Celestials are the ones who created the Eternals and sent them to Earth, and so the purpose of the Eternals is that they're supposed to uh, make way for the coming of the birth of a new Celestial, and Celestials are born from within whatever planets the. the the eternals are on so if the new celestial within earth is fully born then that will destroy the the entirety of planet earth so so but but one of the one of the things one of the uh components that was part of their plan the key components was that the earth had to reach a certain population in order for the the um celestial to to be born Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so knowing that when you had thanos come down and snap his fingers and wipe out half of humanity, or half of all sentient life why didn't where were the eternals and you and you can't say that all the eternals were snapped out of existence i can i can buy like maybe half of them being snapped out of existence but at that point shouldn't the eternals or whatever was left of them shouldn't shouldn't they have gotten involved earlier and fought alongside the avengers since the population is such a big part of their why they're there
1: did they know about it
0: yeah, of course. Did they? The Eternals? They were on. They were on Earth. Mm-hmm. They they knew who Thanos was. Yeah, they have director eyes. Uh, that
1: okay? That whole mission can actually. Can't, I did recognize that as you were retelling it. I'm like, you know what? That is from the. That was from the Neo Gaming story. Mm. Um, I guess it. I you know what it was? I think that when the snap happened, I'll never say blip. I just don't like it. Yeah. When the snap happened, it kind of just delayed it because they needed that, all that sentient energy, Mm -hmm. but then they also could. So maybe, see, this is what they could have did a much deeper dive in. They could have explained the conflict. Do we still interfere? No deviance had anything to do with it. Right. That's their only mission. They were stuck to that mission. Mm Mm-hmm. So they should have shown like some type of conflict. I'm like, okay, this has happened. This is delaying our. It's delaying our ultimate mission. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Do we inter- do we actually interfere, or do we stay put? Right. They never explain. They never really took a deep dive into that, which I think they should have, just to kind of. Give them a sense of understanding where where they were mm-hmm. during the snap and what was go what were they what they were going through during that five year period.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that would have that would have helped, like especially if they had like a mini series, like yeah, because they would
1: have had that. more time to explain
0: more. Yeah, because like because because within the film, it was just basically like the Martian Manhunter problem from Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm the super powerful being, but yeah, listen, man.
1: We got y'all next time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, we got y'all, okay? Right? We cool. We 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 be cool, go, Batman. We right? go,
1: you know, just I got y'all next time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, y- 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 y'all y'all cool, right? You know, we 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 here. We here. Yeah. And it's like it's like really like where were, you, were we just sitting back when Darkseid was invading the planet with your feet kicked up, Martian Manhunter? Are you serious? See what had happened was <laughs> See my stove was on and I had to like, you know, get to that real right quick.
1: Yeah, I I forgot to take chicken out the freezer. You know, <laughs> I had to make sure I had that thaw, you know, that thawed out straight, you know, because when mama got home, you know, I was uh, I had to do them dishes. Yep. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But but yeah, that's how like that's how it like it, it kinda comes off. Because even Kit Harrington's character asked um Cersei because they're their love interest in the film he's like mm-hmm. okay so why didn't the Eternals intervene in anything and you know and, and Cersei explains like well you know we can't interfere we didn't want to interfere intervene in human affairs we want to give humans free will to develop on their own which you
1: kind of understand it's I guess yeah that's that's it I mean they should have but it, that was just kind of it they could have explored more Yeah, explore that a little more, but yeah, that the mission they could not, they couldn't by any means necessary.
0: I mean, or couldn't they? Because like the deviants, like they were just they were just like they looked like generic monsters that like the Avengers could have just easily wiped out in like 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 five seconds.
1: Nobody knows the deviants existed. Like they were there. Like the Avengers didn't. It
0: wasn't in their. It, it, the
1: Deviants weren't in their radar. Right. The, the Eternals were the only ones who knew about them, until they showed up. Yeah. And then Druid had to control their minds and basically neuralize them.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'll say like the the film does plant interesting seeds on the of of these characters. Um, like for example, with with Druid, like his whole thing was he he. Like it broke his heart seeing how humanity was, you know, killing themselves with genocide and war. And, you know, he he wanted to intervene and, you know, wipe everyone's minds and make everybody peaceful. But all the other other eternals were like, No, you can't do that. You're interfering in human affairs. Yeah. Um and yeah, which I thought I thought that I thought that part was interesting, but when you have ten characters, you can't you can only expo- explore that for so long. Yeah, right. And and the same goes for for, for Phastos or Fastos, yeah. who was an inventor and like you know he wanted to aid humans in their technological development, but that culminated in the atomic bomb, and he felt really, really guilty, awful, really guilty about that. I thought there was something there too, especially with his relationship with his husband and their kid. I thought, I thought I thought that that's that's where it's like man, oh this this could have been a miniseries so much. I know I know I'm saying that a lot, but it's like. If you had one like 40 50 minute episode to devote to just all these characters, especially Festos, it's like, oh man, so much you left on the table, exactly. Because there's, I think, each character had an
1: interesting story. Oh, yeah, they just didn't have enough time to tell it,
0: yeah, because
1: they wanted to cram so much. They even, you know, when we got a movie that was much longer. Mm-hmm. You know, than a typical, you know, Marvel origin or typical, you know, superhero origin movie. Yeah. Where you get like two hours tops, you know, it was a little, it was definitely longer than that. Mm -hmm. Which I I, took with no problem. Black churches have prepared me for that moment (laughs) growing up. But I'm just saying, like, I think a miniseries should have, would have worked because, yeah, each character had something special about them. Yeah, throughout their time, but then it's just, I don't know, it's kind of a win, it's kind of, it It could have gone either way too as well because it's like, all right, it could have failed as a miniseries because, okay, everybody's getting their story, all right, when are we going to get to something all, through, you know, involving all of them again? Mm-hmm. You know, with 10, you know, with what, 10 different?
0: Yep, 10 different characters. Yeah,
1: like, you're talking about a good 12 13 episodes
0: yeah because like you have yeah I can I see that like 13 episodes so you have 10 episodes with each character and then like three episodes of like all the all of them together leading into like what would be the the film yeah I mean that that could have worked but um but I think I think that given what we have in this film it's a decent. Uh, introduction to these characters
1: decent and there's still you know in the the Eternals will return so there's still there's still more time to explore yeah you know they did the same thing with Guardians we still got to see more of Peter Quill's past Mm -hmm. you know we we still got to see more of Gamora's past and you know further movies out so it's like any other movies you know we still got more origin story later on so i think that what they did was trying to make you want more of it Mm -hmm. give you like just enough to get you by for the movie and then all right let's get more let's get to know these characters a little more and you know future because they it's a lot of they are pretty much signed on to do more marvel movies especially selma hayek yeah oh yeah she did even though she dies but
0: yeah and and the part where she dies and and um and Cersei is chosen as like the new uh, successor, the new spiritual leader. Yeah. You know, she. so she communicates with the, the great uh, celestial right. Arisham um, who, who explains the, the, the main, the main purpose for the, uh, for the Eternals. Um, I, I, I will, I, I will, I will say too, like with, um, with, with, with the characters, uh, I, I really did. I really did enjoy, uh, uh, Kumail Nanjani's character Kingo.
2: He was
1: a, he was a little cornball, man. He was cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, like the fact that like he because they're because they're immortal, like he basically uh established his own film Bollywood Dynasty, where he played like his own great grandfather, his grandfather, his father, and his son. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and and no one and no one no one's the wiser. Huge Captain America fanboy, by the way. Oh, is he?
1: Well, if you notice, uh, I think I wrote this in my uh, Easter eggs somewhere because I only, I only wrote like 10 of them. Mm-hmm. But if you notice on the plane, he had Captain America's original shield.
2: Oh. Oh, in yeah, the yeah, back. yeah, yeah. And
1: also during the, and during the Bollywood uh, film scene, yeah. you can actually see like the men in the background mm-hmm. holding Captain America-like shields.
0: Oh, okay. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh... Yeah, and also too, like his. Um, I thought I thought it was interesting too, and a little refreshing. Where in the in the climactic scene where where Icarus uh, is is facing all the rest of the Eternals because he's committed to seeing their original mission of seeing the birth of the Celestial, which would destroy Earth. Right. It was refreshing when 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 Kumail, when when Kingo was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm out. I don't want to fight y'all," and and we never see him. Throughout throughout the climactic battle, we never see him throughout the rest throughout the rest of the film until after the battle's over. I thought, huh? Well, that's actually a little refreshing because like, because normally I expected him to like come back like in the very last minute of the climactic battle scene and like save the day too. But it's like, no, nah, he just like pieced out, and that was that. Wasn't he part of the Unimind? Maybe. I mean, I, see, I didn't get that. I, I didn't get the impression that he was because like the Unimind was like where all the Eternals were there except for him, so. Maybe, but you you don't you don't see him at all in the, in the climactic battle, so for all we know, he was probably just like on his plane, just yeah. chilling. also
1: he was using like legit sign language. Yep. For his-
0: oh yeah. Oh, and, and speaking of sign language, I did, I did, I did like the the character. Um, oh gosh, what's her name?
1: Um shit.
0: Uh oh, Makari. Yeah, Makari. I thought. I thought she had a good presence, but yeah, she wasn't in it enough. But then again, the nature of having so many characters, I thought I wanted to learn more about her character too, right? Especially like her relation, her connection with uh because it's clear that they had that they're that they like each other, and and yeah, but we didn't get enough of her character too. I was like, oh man,
1: another character who was also uh, originally a male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a lot of they did a lot of like gender swapping.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I thought, I thought we should have gotten like more from her character as well. Um, But I also, I also thought another fat, another interesting character was Sprite uh, played by Leah McHugh, who was created as a child to look like a child, but you know, but she's also immortal and you know, she has, you know, she has this unrequited, unrequited love for Icarus, but because she has a body of a child, she can't really do much beyond, beyond much of anything. And so I, I I can see how like that kind of like how how that struggle would you know get get underneath her skin and why she sides with Icarus in a climactic battle as well. Yeah, she uh,
1: she was uh yeah that's another gender swap character. She was actually like a little boy And in Neil Gaiman's run. She was like a child star. Oh wow. And then yeah, see here we go. But what they did in okay. the um in the comics especially like the more uh recent run mm-hmm. um they actually made it where like the eternals can die and they can come back as a different oh as a like different uh gender oh, okay cool. so just to explain it because you know they switch the characters you know just to match the movie mm-hmm. just you know probably won't confuse like first time readers and stuff like yeah just to Basically, just to do that, so that's how they added that into like the more recent run.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, and and also too, like, uh, what what did you th- what did you think of the the quote unquote main villain, or in this case, the main deviant? Um, what
1: was his name? Again?
0: Because I, I, because I, I, I really crow, crow like because I felt nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the more internal battle. Between the Eternals, more than Crow, like he was just like he was there. They needed a main Deviant to fight. Do mm-hmm. that in interesting, um, interesting uh, Easter egg. Since I'm there, yeah. So Athena battles Crow in the movie, but in the comics, they were actually in a relationship. Oh, hmm.
0: see, that would have been interesting to explore somewhat. If they had the time,
1: yeah, no, they, yeah, I think they they wanted to do so much, but just did not have the time.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like um, like the the main Deviant Crow is like okay, there's a you have something interesting with like a, a Deviant that's actually evolving, like they're like they're developing like speech and like actual sentient thought when they absorb the powers of the Eternals that they right. kill, but but there's it really not enough there and and then you combine with uh uh icarus's motive, ultimate motivation which is revealed you know it's it still it still felt a little thin to me
1: right no it that it, it, de- it definitely did it was just like they needed somebody there but i think the main focus was that eternal that internal battle between the group Yeah, you know, you know, for the mission while everybody would, you know, while half of them were having their come to Jesus moment Mm -hmm. about the mission and some were real stick, you know, wanted to stick with it.
0: Yeah. And and also speaking of the main battle, I actually thought it was kind of refreshing that, you know, like in so many MCU movies, it's just like the big ginormous battle full of CG and everything. Yeah. This was like comparatively smaller scale.
1: It know? was. It definitely was. I mean, you still had your fair. Sh- it was. There was a light show there. Yeah. But yeah, it just it, it seemed smaller. Yeah. You know, it wasn't too grand. Like Shang Chi had it, but that was shit. Was amazing. It was. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not. Let's call it spade a spade. <laughs> mm-hmm. That battle was amazing. But um, yeah. Like I just. Yeah, you were right. Like it's just like again, once again, it was just more, the more the focus was that internal battle where you did start to see something brew up, but you know they stopped it in time.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, and then like that, it was it was kind of interesting seeing like the the hand of the celestial coming off yeah. the earth.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you should. Do. I want you to borrow uh, the new game and.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, graphic novel. Okay. Like is the is the film based on that particular a movie? lot of it is. Okay.
1: That main that main uh storyline, yeah. I know they wanted to go back to like Jack a lot of it was uh Jack Kirby's original run, but I never got a chance to fo whenever I found it, the book cost forty bucks and I didn't really want to spend forty bucks on the book, so. Oh, yeah. I mean I spent more on mm. less. I, I yeah, I spent more. <laughs> On con- oh, I spent three hundred dollars on a single issue before, but it was wow. signed and graded.
0: Mm.
2: Okay, it's a collector's item. Yep. Okay. Yeah,
1: the Jeffy, the Walking Dead one hundred, signed by Jeffy D Morgan.
2: Ooh,
0: nice. Yeah. Nine point eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, like there, I will say like too, like the um, and like like what what else what else did you uh stuff stood out to you in, in, in the film i wanted
1: to see more of uh dane whitman because i knew he was going to be you know the black like he is the character the black knight i wanted to see more of that but then i kind of got it mm-hmm. like i was hoping that he would actually become the black uh, yeah become the black knight in the movie
0: uh and that's kit harrington's character right but yeah.
1: then it's like Okay, we're getting something, you know, when she gives him the, when she gives him the ring Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie for his birthday. So I'm like, boom, there it is, Mm. you know, but then we didn't see much of him throughout the movie, but you know, he was nervous. And then once they said, you know what, you should talk to your uncle more. There it is. Mm. And then they save it more. So now it's like, all right, how are they going to do this black Knight thing?
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's a scene like uh, towards the end where he tells uh, Cersei that that he has a, has a complicated family dynamic or yes. something like
1: that. Yes, his um wait, go ahead. What's he gonna oh, say? More?
0: which which I thought was like a was like a funny nod to Game of Thrones, like you know the fact that Jon Snow banged his auntie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wasn't thinking that, but yeah, <laughs> I was not thinking about that because I was focusing on the Black Knight. Yeah, he yeah. actually, or uh, that was actually um. One of my Easter eggs. I, was it? But yeah, actually, his uncle has once yielded the Black Knight. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to find the name. I don't think I got it. I no. Don't. No. Yeah, he once wielded the sword, uh, which is Excalibur, which is an evil alternate. No, the Ebony Blade is the evil alternate to Excal to King Arthur's Excalibur. Mm-hmm. So, but okay. his uncle did once yield it. I just forgot the uncle's name.
0: Ned. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was his father. Uh, uh, oh man, like now, now, it, now, Black Knight is different, f- different from Black Bolt, right? Yeah. Okay. Black Bolt
1: is uh, the
0: leader of the Eternals,
1: not the Eternals, the uh, Inhumans. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Two totally different characters.
0: Okay. Black Knight. See, when I think of Black Knight, I think of Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm thinking like. One of the worst dates. Ooh, really? Yep. Is this a story you can share on the podcast? Why not? I've
1: never seen a girl again.
0: (laughs) I've seen a girl once after.
1: Um. It was, okay, years ago, I just, it was a Friday night. I wanted to get out the house. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, my, my, my black night came out. I just, I was like, fuck it. I'll just go to the mall and watch it. Mm-hmm. So I did, and I met up with this girl, like, that was there. And then she must have, had like, seen me walk in or something, because she, like, sat right directly, like, next to me or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm like, I don't even remember how old I was when that movie came out. Mm-hmm.
0: Black Knight is probably two thousand one, I think. So Um,
1: yep, there it was. So yeah, I'm I'm like seventeen years old. So Mm -hmm. whatever action I can get, I was (laughs) getting. And yeah, like flirting, you know, very flirtatious girl and all that, you know, made out of bed in the theater. But she just had this weird odor to her. It was just awful. And that was. That was kind of it. She gave me a number. I was kind of like whatever about it, and then we went to the we went back to the mall the next day. Me, me, and uh, my boys just to just to get Chinese food because Cathay was the shit back in the day. It was okay. Oh, man,
0: <laughs> I remember that very well.
1: Five dollar plates, and you got ten dollars worth of food.
0: Yes, I miss that place. Yeah, I know.
1: But, um, so we went, so yeah, we went, we just sat, we just literally wanted a window shop, eat, could they, could they and just kind of just chill for it. Mm-hmm. And the girl, the, that same girl was there with her friends and stuff. And I don't know what she was trying to accomplish, but she just kept walking right back, just back and forth, but
2: mm.
1: like over us. they just kept walking by us back and forth, like, if you want to say say hi or something? Say hi, mm-hmm. like, cause you know, kind of when the lights came out, I was just like, oh, what the hell was I thinking? Um,
2: <laughs>
1: but I ain't never seen her again after that.
0: Wow, that's that sounds pretty uh pretty weird. Yeah, it was more weird than bad. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay then. Hey, Barely really tell that story. That's why I don't remember so much of it.
1: <laughs> I like block so much of that.
0: Oh man, but but yeah, like I was gonna say, like with Black Knight, they could uh, like like since the multiverse is a thing, they could bring Martin Lawrence's Black Knight. Please don't do it. Shut up. <laughs> into the main Stop. MCU. Boom boom boom. <laughs> yeah, wh- why not? Don't. Black Knight versus you know Kit Harrington's Black Knight versus Martin Lawrence's Black Knight, and then they team up, and then they have their own movie.
1: Excalibur and Ebony Blade.
0: Yeah? <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> yeah, that could be like the new Luke Cage Iron Fist. No, okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, Iron Fist is trash. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, Got better in season i <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it, because I will never watch that show. It's three episodes and I was done. But, uh, but yeah, um, so, yeah, The Eternals... Um, you know, uh even, yeah, they, they managed to stop the celestial from from emerging. Um I wonder how they're gonna clean that up. But uh but uh, uh Cersei turned it
1: into another organism.
0: Yeah, Cersei mm-hmm. turned it into marble. So it's yeah. like a big marble statue, probably the largest in the world, I guess. Yeah. Um but uh but because they stopped the celestial from from uh from emerging Icarus, uh, for for his part, he flies right into the sun, you know, which was lived...
1: something that happened in the something that did happen in the comics, actually.
0: Oh yeah, lived up to his name, because um, you know in the, in the old Greek, the Greek tale, Icarus, who flew too close to the sun, his wings were me- made of wax, melted, and he plummeted to the earth. Yep, that's exactly what happened in the comics. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> Um, so, so by stopping the celestial and thus saving earth, they end up incurring the wrath of Arisham. Well, or do they, because Arisham actually abducts, uh, Circe and, uh, and, um, a few of, and Phaestos Fe- and Kingo. And Arisham says that even though he's, uh, disappointed that, that they betrayed him and their purpose, he's going to, uh, he's going to, um search their memories to see if humanity is worth saving so he brings them along into the far-flung reaches of outer space somewhere so the Eternals are so those Eternals are are under judgment of Arishem mm-hmm. and then that leads us into the the post the mid-credits and post-credits scene so the mid-credits scene um apparently some guy who claims to be Thanos's brother Arrows, yes. I was like all right and then you had the 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 end the end credits, the post credits scene where uh, where uh, Kit Harrington, you know opens up the opens up this uh, box which has like I guess like the sword of Winterfell in there. No, the Ebony Blade. Yep, and uh, and he's like, I don't know if I want it. And then somebody who sounds like Jeffrey Wright, the Watcher, was like, You sure you want to? You sure you want to want to grab that blade? I'm like, Was that Jeffrey Wright? Nope, it was Maharshala Ali.
1: Blade. Yes. Hmm. Where does that fit in? I don't know. So now I'm intrigued as a motherfucker that which was my final Easter egg. book. <laughs> hmm.
0: okay. So Mahershala Ali as Blade. Yes. Like, do you know if he has any history with the Black Knight in the comics?
1: In the comics, not that I know of. I would have to like uh, research that some more, and I probably would like to, you know, look into getting that comic because it will probably like it would probably be like one of those like oh god it will shoot up in value just because they're portraying something that happened in the comic and mm-hmm. also that who uh, came out with Eros mm-hmm. was actually Pip the Tr- Pip the Troll who was actually featured in the Infinity Gauntlet comics oh he okay. actually had a pivotal role in the Infinity comic in the Infinity Gauntlet comics mm-hmm. which i thought when they announced uh that um peter Dinklage was going to have a role Mm-hmm. I thought he was gonna be portraying Pip the Troll, but oh. instead he ended up playing uh, Mm-hmm. Oh, the
0: the forger.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, the, if oh, the...
1: I die, yes, that's what killing you means.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but yeah, like uh, so Eros, the another Eternal who happens to be Thanos' brother, right? Um, I wonder what his purpose is.
1: Well, his powers are to one of the Easter eggs. His powers are to—he's uh, able to control emotions.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: So, where does that go? I think what it does—it takes the multiverse story into the cosmos. Now, mm-hmm. you know, it's more—it's showing that what they're gonna do with the multiverse. Is not just gonna affect Earth. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be more to it.
0: Okay. So, like, I, I would say, like, with oh, okay. So I'm I'm thinking there could be an interesting threat since Eros can control emotion, and Druid can actually control, uh, you know, people's minds. Right. Yeah. That could that could, that could be an interesting dynamic right there. Cause like, cause you have Eros who who meets uh, Athena makari and Druid and thena still has her issues with her mind with like centuries worth of memories right. so she's still fighting that so that's an interesting dynamic and then you throw makari in the mix i wonder how she'd fit in
1: well i mean she can get a lot of you know research that's needed because she ba- they basically had it all you know mm-hmm. so
0: hmm. okay so they they have some interesting seeds for uh for an eternal sequel that could be better than 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 the current film. Yeah,
1: and that's what I think this was. This whole thing was. It's more or less just. It's a movie to plant seeds. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's still early on in phase four. I think. Well, we got Hawkeye coming out Wednesday.
0: It's coming out Wednesday. Yeah. Wow. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. I like. I thought it was coming out in December. No. And that's going to be a mini-series, right?
1: Yeah, I think about six episodes, and it's Christmas-based.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll definitely uh, get on that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely can't wait for those, eggs.
0: Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, I still got to get back and finish Bad Batch. Me too. (laughs) I totally forgot about that I think I got like four
1: episodes (laughs) left.
0: Wow. I totally forgot about that show.
1: Uh, And the thing is, it's not a bad show. It's not. (laughs) You just got to, like, once you kind of lose track... mm -hmm. It, it, it here is. I, I lost track of dark Do- of Dark Side of the Ring. Oh. Yeah, I've been having like a lot of like stuff going on Thursday, so mm. especially mental wealth. Mental wealth's one of those things too, and then I just kinda like lose track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did the steroid trial.
0: Oh, I heard, yeah.
1: So that's definitely something I wanna see. But um
0: Yeah, you wanna get into the Easter eggs? Yeah, let's do it. All right.
1: So, the first one in the opening text crawl in the movie, it starts with in the beginning, which is how the book of Genesis um, starts out. So, that actually indicates that the Eternals were there at the beginning of time. Hmm. the next one. The text also mentions six singular singularities, which is a which is a nod to the infinity stones. The, the the collector mentioned in Guardians of the Galaxy that the stones were the stones do predate the universe, but we know now that Arish that Arisham came before them. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, the eternal ship was actually named Dome. In the comics, wait Domo, excuse me. Yeah. Domo in the in, in the comics Domo is actually is a, is also an eternal who works on Olympia which is where like the Eternals lair was and it answers uh, and he answers to Zorus, who is another uh, prime eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh Circe actually tells Dame to re- reconcile with his with his uncle in the comics. His uncle was named John Garrett who once wielded the e- the Ebony Blade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fastos and Ben's and Ben's son Jack is actually named after Jack Kirby who created the Eternals in nineteen seventy six. Yep. Uh the Ebony Blade is actually the evil alternative to Excalibur, which I had previously mentioned. And the Black Knight actually has history with King Arthur in the comic books, which is why they were mentioned while they were in uh Domo looking through all the treasures that uh Makari have retrieved throughout the throughout the years. Hmm. Okay. That's yeah. And that's all I got like for right now. There's like more Easter eggs throughout it, but I didn't want to bore you all with <laughs> so many Easter eggs. Okay. Yeah. So, so
0: yeah, so yeah, that's uh Eternals. Uh so yeah, uh, any any other final words to wrap up?
1: I would say still watch it just so you can start getting you know more of the story and stuff. Like it's very enjoyable, but it's just not the top tier mm-hmm. Marvel move Marvel films that's out there. But it's still good. It's still enjoyable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll say like it's. I'll say this one you can wait for on Disney Plus. Um, you don't have to go out of, out of your way to see it in theaters. Um, but yeah, this is this is better. You're, you're, you're better off watching it at home when you're more comfortable and you can take the the length of the film and just like, you know, just, you know, vibe out, vibe out to it. Um, I, I will say like Chloe Zhao, uh, she's, she's a great filmmaker and I'm glad that she was able to insert many of her, uh, many of her, many of her elements that you see in the film. Like there's a lot of like on location shooting cause she's, yeah. she's known to shoot on location, um, as, as opposed to like, uh, green screen soundstage that we're yeah. so used to um, and there's and there's a lot of lots of gorgeous uh, shots using natural light too so yeah
1: that, I did pick that up too
0: yeah so which is another one of her trade.
1: you know it made well. me actually think of um, what the fuck uh, I'm drawing Leader the, cover, the Revenant
0: yes with uh, oh yeah with Leonardo DiCaprio yeah
1: cause they used a lot of natural lighting in that movie too right
0: oh yeah yeah, such a gorgeous film. It was, yeah. Yeah, especially in four K Ultra HD. Up here we go. Woof, man, this is
1: coming from somebody who would have never had upgraded his phone, never upgraded his TV.
0: Right. Yeah, man. Like, like I said, I was, uh, I, I was stubborn. I was stuck in my ways for a long time with, uh, you know, 1080p, which is still 1080p still holds up, but uh, especially on an OLED. But man, when you see the Revenant. Oh man, and, and dazzling four K with HDR, dude. Oh Jesus! You already know. I nutted. Listen. You're disgusting. <laughs> Listen, man. Let me tell you something. That the the surface of the OLED is non-stick.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh.
0: Make it weird. Make it weird. <sighs> Make it weird. Yeah. Best beard moisturizer ever, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, um, on that note, Marvel's Eternals, like I said, 26th film in the MCU. Uh, if you if you have seen it, let us know what you think, uh, in the comments or send us an email at codexprimepodcastgmail.com. At it's been it's been a while since we received an, a, a viewer email or a listener yeah, email. email. We
1: got we got a good one, which is our new sponsor. Yes, Silk City Hot Sauce. That's right. Go to silkcityhotsauce.com. dot com. Use the promo code Codex to get fifteen percent off of your order. Mm hmm. God, I gotta got get
2: used to this. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, fifteen percent off your order. Plenty of great flavors. Uh, Erotic Fever, Mango Madness, uh, the the ma- the spicy maple syrup, which
1: that was a hit today at work. Mm. Yeah, it was just. God, that was good. Especially
0: like my supervisor's like, that is really good. Yeah. Like she stressed it like five times. That is really good. Indeed. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna put this on my on my waffles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Chicken and waffles.
0: Oh, chicken and waffles. Oh my gosh. Yo. Put it on like bacon and you know, all like, sausage like sausages. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Man. God, I love hot sauce. But uh <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, um, yeah that does it for our episode uh, on Eternals, our review on Eternals, rather. Um, looking, in the, looking in the chat here, we see Stubert. Stubert! Yes, uh, Chris Stewart um, of uh, Pop Stew. Shout-outs to y'all. Uh, Blank Man still sucks. Stop. Um, Nick Quatrini says, uh, in re- reference to the Eternals, when they come back, they'll be named the Returnals.
1: I see what you did, there
0: Ah, And uh, he also says, uh, maybe they'll try Inhumans again when Fantastic Four comes back.
1: Yeah, they have their fair share of running, so
0: why not? Yeah, I could see like another, maybe like another uh, uh, multiverse version of the Inhumans. They can recast everybody and say, hey, we'll get it right this time, We promised. They can do that. Yeah, and we have the money to keep the CG bulldog in every (laughs) scene.
1: Yeah, Lockjaw is the best character, too.
0: Oh, wow. What what is what does that say about the inhumans when the best character is the dog? That was asleep throughout most of the season apparently. <laughs> that's expensive. Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. Man. Gosh. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: Wow, I was not expecting Chris to say. That. I was not expecting Stuart to say that.
0: Um. Wow. So that's okay. So I want. I wonder if we. I wonder if we're on a delay because I said we said that like like five minutes ago. Usually, I. <laughs> but um.
1: Probably took more. Probably like he was probably busy laughing. <laughs>
0: oh, but but listen, listen, Stewart. Um, if you if you if you watch an OLED. If you if you if you watch any film on an four K ultra high definition resolution on an OLED, which with 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 perfect crisp black levels, perfect brightness, every single pixel you see on that screen illuminates or darkens uh, the image, which gives you the most color accurate image that you'll ever see on a on, on a display listen man let me tell you something you you going not have to change your drawers too as i have.
1: oh my god all right we need to go
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh on that note carl tell the good people where they can find us
1: everywhere uh facebook watching you know definitely yeah thank you for watching um you can find select uh extra content on youtube uh, you can listen to us on soundcloud google play Apple Podcast, please leave us a five star review Um, uh, Spotify Stitcher iHeartRadio you can find us on social media also on Twitter and Instagram as
0: well mm, absolutely yeah we're everywhere so yeah so yeah once again thank you all for watching and listening to our episode uh, tune in next Tuesday we're gonna be back uh, uh, for another episode um, which is gonna be cool definitely cool yep um, and uh, looking at a uh, Stubert's comment uh it says Vic you got me wanting to upgrade. Yes. Trust me like if you if you got the funds man if you can upgrade to an OLED television LG C1 OLED organic light emitting diode. Uh listen. Changed my life. Listen. This is a transformative experience, especially when I got to watch Dune, uh Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve's uh Dune part one on HBO Max in four K Dolby Vision. Oh, and, and and if you have a sound bar too, a good sound bar dude, it's
1: all right. Well on that note <laughs> there's
0: nothing like it. It um uh, it brings a tear to my eye. And uh You know, like I said, stop. Best beard moisturizer ever, ever. You know it, and I know it. Carl knows it, too. But on that note, uh, thank you all for watching and listening. We will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. You're disgusting. (laughs) I try